Welcome to MTZ Overflow Podcast. You've just finished listening to the sermon. Now let's get into the overflow. We're glad you're here. birthday month right July right the best month ever it is it really is the best month ever and we just really want the people to know that they need to stop sleeping on July yeah, it's not it's not just about Independence Day it's about life the greatest people alive were born in well not alive but dead or alive were born in July I agree it's it's an elite group and I'm really I'm really honored to be to be a part of it um and just kind of into that uh, i want to give a disclaimer out there well first of all welcome, welcome to mtz overflow podcast i'm your host cassandra thorpe i am here with reverend dr marcus allen senior <laughs> <laughs> and uh i want to apologize for the audio challenges in the sermon um you hear majority of it um but there was a little bit uh, cut off because we were having some challenges in service uh, that day. So um, you hear all of it, and being here on the overflow, you're gonna get um, all the fullness of it. Mm-hmm. And so, so thanks for joining us, Pastor. Always good to see you. Oh yeah, how you doing, CT? <laughs> I am good. I am good. Summer is one of my favorite times of the year. Okay. Get to be outside. Get to refresh. As I said, have a birthday. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, but we are in a new sermon series. Got it. Um, for, um, for those that do not know, July is Minority Mental Health Month. Mm-hmm. And I really like how here at Mount Zion we take special time to, A, recognize that, B, speak to it, and then C, put scripture behind it. And so I think that's really great that you take that time and, and draw that um draw that to our members and right. to the people that are here. Yeah, it's, I think it's, um, it's important um, that we know that it's all right to seek professional help for your mental challenges. Mm-hmm. And being a part of a church, you know, we we don't feel it's necessary because all we need to do is pray mm-hmm. and all of our problems will go away. And... Um, and we believe that too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we also believe that God gives us resources, tools, and techniques to help us with the challenges of life in which we face. And I believe that's in doctors, uh, groups, mm-hmm. peers, people. Uh, but we want to make sure everyone is aware that it is totally fine to go to church and go to the clinic. Mm. And we want to remove that stigma of um, if I seek mental health counseling, um, I'm weak mm-hmm. or I am not Christian or I, my faith is limited. Mm-hmm. That's not the case at all. Um, if you think you're strong, if you have to go seek mental health counseling, mm-hmm. I think that, that makes you strong because yeah. you're saying I'm weak. Mm-hmm. Or you're saying I'm limited in how I'm handling mm-hmm. life um, problems, um, but the strength come in. Uh, when you decide, yo, I need somebody else to help me through this. Mm-hmm. And that's really good because like, there's there's definitely a lot of strength in admitting that you need help. Right. And that's something that our society and our community don't, uh, it's not always a direct correlation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we are here to talk uh, during this series about the importance of seeking and asking for help. Uh, and it's almost uh, with this sermon, Pastor, it's almost like uh, we're starting with the end in mind, as the sermon title is, I right. am healed. Uh, and so for reference, uh, the scripture is Isaiah 53, 5. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. And it is, uh, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. So, Pastor, talk to us. Um, we're in Isaiah. So we're in the Old Testament. Yeah. Um, what What's going on? This is, Isaiah is a prophet, correct? So, mm-hmm. so he is foreshadowing, prophesying over 
Jesus's crucifixion. Is that correct? Right, his coming and the purpose of his coming. And he's trying to, uh, you know, he's he's the voice of God, and he's trying to give these people, um, give them hope uh, and where they are and where they're experiencing that whatever they're going through, um, there there's something greater on the way mm-hmm. and something that's going to be able to handle um, their issues, their problems, um, someone that's coming to conquer and destroy um, things that is hindering them and preventing them from being the best, their best selves. And mm-hmm. so that's, that's the encouraging part that Jesus, um, he's on the way to take on what they can handle. Mm-hmm. So then who, so then here in Isaiah, what's bringing, I guess, this prophecy to, to light? What is making him say this? Isaiah is the writer. Right, yeah. Isaiah, the book, Isaiah is, um, it's um, 66 books. So some would say it's the Bible within the Bible. (laughs) Um, And the first half or the first 37 really talks about who Christ is. And Mm -hmm. then the next verse 27 verses talks of, chapters talks about the coming of Christ Mm -hmm. and or Christ being around. So, it's uh it's 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 Isaiah prophesying to the people um of the coming of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um I think he has some I want I think his book has the most mentions of the coming of Christ. His name shall be Emmanuel, you know, mm-hmm. he, he, when he come and be with you. He's just telling the Jewish people, okay, Christ is a Christ, Jesus, uh a savior is mm-hmm. on the way. And so that's what um that's basically it. He just letting the people know. Uh, um he you know, this is a time when the children of Israel are rebelling against God mm-hmm. when they're taking on other kings I mean not other kings, but other gods mm-hmm. and they want to do their own thing and Isaiah comes along, let them know where well, something better is on the way. Mm-hmm. Just hold on. Okay. And that's good because then you go into all of these traumatic experiences that have happened to our country Mm -hmm. so hurricane katrina world trade center mass shootings in schools and it can be uh, not it can be it is uh, heavy on the heart because even going back through the sermon and listening to all of the events i i think about where i was Mm -hmm. when these things when these events were taking place um who I was around, who was I talking to, who did I know that were more directly affected. Uh, specifically with with 9-11, I think most everyone probably remembers where they were. Mm-hmm. Um, me specifically, I was in school. It was my sophomore year of high school, and I was in history class. And one of my classmates kept asking the question, where did the flight come out of? Mm. Because her father flew out that day. Her father was a pilot. Wow. And unfortunately, he was one of the pilots that went into the World Trade Center. What? Mm -hmm. Tom McGinnis is his name. Wow. Yeah. So it was her and her brother in the school. They were trying to, you know, their mom came. Our whole school was was shook as we were... It's it's high school. There's no one's playing the radio and mm-hmm. they're hearing things like that. So it's all like murmurs and and then we had an assembly where stated what happened, but her 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 brother and her mother were they weren't part of that. They they were with they were with their family and left. Um, but that day was like it. I remember it so clear because of just the panic. And the worry and the fear that was in her heart and in her voice. Um, and they actually lived, their house was in the next neighborhood, like close to ours. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I had seen her and her dad, like, the week before. Because they were, um, we were learning how to drive. And so, she was driving in the neighborhood, saw him. And then to have that be the next um, experience that I have with, like, the family in that sense was it was impactful as wow. a sophomore in high school. Wow, I was um I had just enlisted in the army. Mm. I had started 
like in process and I think I went August 31st mm. 2001 so by the time 9-11 happened I was in training mm-hmm. and I really never watched any footage of it mm-hmm. until recently because you know mm. they don't let us watch TV or anything like that <laughs> while we in in basic training so we never really saw anything then YouTube really wasn't around mm-hmm. to go back and watch the video um and but it was like like you said it was like panic it was um it was um Drill sergeant, low. Like, get ready. You going to war now? You going to war now? Mm. So that fear, like, I joined the army because I was like, no one is crazy enough to attack the most powerful army in the world. Mm-hmm. And they did it within yeah. twelve days of me being in, <laughs> uh-huh. being not even in the army yet, because you're really not considered in the army until you finish basic training, mm-hmm. your AIT mm-hmm. training, and stuff. And that's what that's what I was under the impression of, yo. I'm gonna go ahead and join and get this pay and get and pay for school and go back mm-hmm. home. But I never anticipated going to the army to go to war. Mm. Wow. Never. And um and so that's what you know, drills are you going to war now? You know, everybody Oh my God, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what um and that that's what it was. I mean, it, it was it was complete panic. It was um it was crazy because um I had ate ate some uh, some shell some shrimp some shellfish mm. and I didn't know I was really allergic to it. Oh. Um, and while I was standing in line trying to call my mom mm-hmm. while in base training after nine eleven, I had this allergic reaction, and. Um, couldn't breathe itching and the drill sergeant dropped me off at the hospital mm-hmm. and it was like two blocks away because you no know, they barricaded everything every major building mm-hmm. they started mm-hmm. putting major security around it so i had to walk and i couldn't breathe by the time i got into the uh er i think i had like 83 percent of oxygen Whoa. yeah yeah so I stayed in the hospital. I only stayed there like one night, and then um, I went back to training. Wow! So nine eleven was crazy. You no, know, it's just it was the unexpected in it. Mm-hmm. But like you said, I'm pretty sure your friend or your classmate still struggle with mm-hmm. the, that that memory of being in the classroom and knowing mm-hmm. that it was her dad that went into the World Trade Center. Yeah, yeah, that's a like that's a trauma that you share with a very small group of people mm-hmm. and so it sometimes can be hard to understand right. and you know like people who are who are new you know that that she's met probably since it's you know that she may be met with pity you know and that's uh after experiencing grief myself that's like the last thing you want is mm-hmm. people to have pity on you right. it's just like this is my life experience this is how i've grown closer and with god through it uh, and then yeah it's just unfortunate that it happened. do you still have a relationship with her no yeah. no we kind of felt we kind of not even just like then but you know even like during high school we were we knew each other i went to a small high school mm-hmm. so everybody like knew each other right. but then kind of after that we just kind of fell off she was um her family was from out west so they kind of moved back that way. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, Facebook, and catch up, see what people are doing. But um, she's happy. She's married. She's got a couple kids. And that's so, what's up. Um, that's really great. And then her brother, whose name is also Tom McGinnis. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. He be, he's a pilot as well. And so he's, I think he always wanted to be a pilot. But then even after that, he just really wanted to honor his dad and um, continue to fly. So. Mm. It's been great to see that family like really come closer to God and right. um, and share their testimony. Uh, yeah, that's tough about that. Um, and I think for for those of us that experience trauma, because I think I think grief is trauma. Right. Um, we do have a hard time in in sharing that and probably recognizing it and um, being able to speak to it. Because even even with just 
even with death, um, we know it's a part of life, right? They say it's the one thing that's guaranteed in life is is death. Mm-hmm. Um, and but we don't always address like that 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 is also trauma, like losing someone, no matter how you lose them, is still traumatic. Um, and I'm glad that you brought that up. It was talking about the different spaces, head spaces that people can be in, um, and it doesn't all look the same. Right. Yeah, everybody, um, everyone don't don't handle grief in the same way mm-hmm. or traumatic events in the same way. But I've seen um, couples Mm-hmm. Um, lose a child. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas one is totally openly grieving, mm-hmm. the other is just like moving on. Mm. Um, I've seen um, couples also with miscarriages, mm-hmm. where one is totally distraught and the other one is. You just don't know. You can't tell what's going on in their mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and these people that are close to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but just think about people who you know totally different, totally grew up different, ethnic background, mm-hmm. uh, morals, and relationship with God. Everything plays a different role of how people respond to traumatic events or even grief. Mm-hmm. And so what you have to do is... Um, you got to let people grieve the way they grieve. Mm-hmm. You can't tell nobody you're crying too much. Right. Or not enough. Or you're not crying enough, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I watched you know, a pastor, his wife passed away, mm-hmm. and he's continued like post stuff on Facebook. And I was mm-hmm. like, dang, I probably want to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, but it's just um, everyone handle life different. Mm-hmm. Everyone handle circumstances different. And you cannot be mad and upset with someone who's doing things in a different way mm-hmm. than you perceive they should be doing it in. Yeah. Let that person grieve. Yeah. And the way that they grieve to get back to themselves. Mm-hmm. Because it's a dark place. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fearful place. It's it's a scary place. Um, it's it's very traumatic, you know, the nightmares, the anxiety, um, the the tears the worrying, the mental mindset, mm-hmm. it all plays a part in in how these traumatic events interrupt our lives, mm-hmm. right? Even when we know it's coming. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a difference now, unexpectedly, something like your friend, you know, your dad get on a plane one morning and does not come back home. Mm-hmm. Or you have a grandparent that's been sick for years mm-hmm. and you know at some point it's going to end and they're 90 100 years old mm-hmm. it doesn't matter um because you 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 have to learn how to live without that person's presence mm-hmm. if it was unexpected if it was sudden or even if it was okay this may happen mm-hmm. um it still hurts mm-hmm. no matter who you are no matter how tough you are um the pain is still there and the only way that you can get through it i believe is through this text mm-hmm. where you say yo i am healed right that is an affirmation to remind yourself in moments of despair and moments of dis- depression and moments fear and worry and anxiety yo i am healed from this Mm -hmm. um and and i think us being able to talk back to ourselves is encouraging to strengthen our own Mm -hmm. mental ability to handle life now yes we can listen to sermons Mm -hmm. we can listen to motivational speakers we can listen to songs we can listen to other people Mm -hmm. but that self-affirmation is so powerful because you are reminding yourself of yourself Mm -hmm. right you have to remind i am healed i am healed because no matter what no um people you know uh, you can listen to what other people say to you 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 don't believe it until you affirm it within yourself. 
Mm-hmm. And so you have to affirm yourself. And I think this sermon series uh, will be filled with affirmations mm-hmm. of how to cope with the mental stresses of life. And mm-hmm. starting this sermon series off with this one mm-hmm. um, was um, it was uh, it was a good uh, for me and our congregation. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, the biggest or uh, kind of that that first step is to acknowledge your pain. To know that you're actually in pain. Um, and I think at times, the, like you said, like we shy away from suffering um, and seeing past our own pain. Like we, uh, you know, the common, like, how are you doing? Fine. Just mm-hmm. good. Just like moving past, not wanting to, to address it. Um, and yet Jesus, like, stepped into it. Knowingly. <laughs> Hmm. Knowing what's coming, right? Mm-hmm. He knew the Old Testament. Yeah. And 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 it and and Isaiah says he will be despised and rejected. Mm. He will be acquainted with sorrow and grief. He will carry our grief and pain. You will think that he has been afflicted by God. Mm-hmm. He will be wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. And and so just looking at this, you know, acknowledging our own pain, Jesus understood what he was coming to. He wasn't mm-hmm. coming to a homecoming celebration. Mm-hmm. He wasn't coming to a welcoming party of people celebrating him. He knew what he was going to come to and endure for the sake of humanity. Mm-hmm. And, and and for us, it allows us to know also every day will not be a sunny day. Yeah. That some of us will endure the hardships of life, but we must be able to persevere because I realize that in these traumatic events, life does not stop. No. Even though you feel as if your life has come to a complete halt, mm-hmm. um, you're like a log jam on a river. Mm-hmm. Your logs are stuck still, mm-hmm. but the river continues to move. And that's how we we feel as if everything else is going to stop around us because we feel stuck. But that's not the case. Mm. Bills are still due. Mm-hmm. Kids still need your help. Family still need their help. Um, your job is not going to work for you while you're trying to figure it out mentally, mm-hmm. right? They'll give you a little time, but at some point they're going to say, hey, uh, we can't ha- can't take this anymore. You either got to make a decision what you're going to do. Life goes on. Mm-hmm. That's the hard part because you feel as if life has s- completely stopped mm-hmm. because you're going through that hurt, because you're going through that pain, but nobody Nobody is stopping. Everything is continue to move forward, and this and this is and 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 we can see Jesus' life as one to mirror that of when we face with grief. Mm-hmm. Yes, take some time. No, Jesus, Jesus grieved. Mm-hmm. No, favorite scripture for those who don't know the Bible can quote any scripture in the Bible is Jesus wept. Mm-hmm. Why was he weeping? Because his his cousin John the Baptist was dead. Mm-hmm. No, sorry, that was not John the Baptist, but his uh, his friend Lazarus, Lazarus. Mm-hmm. was dead. Right, um, so he he grieves Lazarus' death, even though he knows I'm gonna go get him up. Mm-hmm. Mm. When John the Baptist dies, the Bible says he leaves and he goes to an isolated place mm-hmm. because he didn't want to be around people. Right, because he's grieving again. This is Jesus, our Savior, who who we look at as the Lord of Lord and King of Kings. But he's experiencing the same feelings in which we feel mm-hmm. when traumatic events happen in his life, similar when they happen in our life. But he continues to move forward. And that's how we must see it. We have to look at how, how do I press forward despite of how I'm feeling right mm-hmm. now. And that's that's hard to decipher. Yeah. It is hard to decipher because when it happens to us, for the most part, it's new. Mm-hmm. Like we we don't we don't have any like precursor or understanding of what's about to come. Right. Um, and the fact 
you know, G- as it was getting closer to to crucifixion, you know, Jesus didn't want to do it. You know, you know, he's he's crying out, you know, Lord, pass this cup from me. Right. Um, and I, and I do appreciate that we have a savior that um, that understands like what we've gone through. Um, and I think, and I know through teachings that I've had that we don't always think that because we always see Jesus overcome. Jesus mm-hmm. is the Messiah. He can do all things. So how would he understand someone like me with what I'm going through and the, and the challenges that I have here as a human? And so I do appreciate the sermon in this text of, you know, understanding that Jesus knows wh- where we're at. He's experienced our emotional mm-hmm. um, struggles uh, struggles and challenges and you mentioned something in the sermon where like jesus he he goes away and he's frustrated and um about the crucifixion and almost says i'm like i could die right now right when i heard you say that i thought of those who are listening or may know others that have battled with suicide right and being in in that place um and yeah yeah and those those suicidal ideations are so tough Mm -hmm. um especially you know you want to try to talk people through and try to help them but when they really give you their story and you Mm -hmm. listen to what they're going through and how this mental stress is wearing them down it it, is so painful just to hear Mm -hmm. Um, and then you look at your, I mean, you begin for me as I'm counseling people, I then I begin to compare my own life. Like, wow, I never went through that. I never had to endure mm-hmm. that when, where, where some people are at a disadvantage just by being born, mm-hmm. just by being born, they're at a disadvantage. Um, and then all their lives and i've had so many women so many women sit in my office and tell me of their childhood molestation Mm. that follows them the rest of their lives because they one their perpetrator has never been prosecuted Mm. because family never want to talk about it Mm. or never want to confront it so many times Mm. And so these women have to live with that their whole lives of how they had been violated by loved ones, Mm -hmm. brothers, uncles, fathers, Mm. not strangers, but those who were blood to them. Mm. You feel what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And, and, And so that 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 trauma that they live through and never get the mental help that they need to bring them out of. They live with it all of their lives. And when they become women, when they become adults, then they start to go through those emotions. Mm-hmm. And then they start dealing with depression and anxiety. And then they start having these mood swings. And and it's, and it becomes too much all mm-hmm. sometimes for them to even bear because what's on them was forced upon them and they didn't ask for it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so sometimes from that, then they develop, how do I escape this pain? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I think, again, I point to this sermon. It is so helpful because it's a, hey, I'm healed from this. Mm-hmm. And, and in order for me to be healed, as the text, you know, I mean, as the sermon suggests, we must first acknowledge our pain because mm-hmm. we'll never um, truly seek help if we don't think we need help. Yeah, that's true. We, we will never truly apply ourselves to, to a plan to change our lives unless we think our lives need to be changed. Mm-hmm. And so that's the issue that we often faced with the problem we often face with because people simply do not want to admit I'm sick mm-hmm. I'm struggling we're like oh I just had one day I was just one day I just couldn't move couldn't get out the bed all I want to do is sleep all day mm-hmm. that's signs of depression and right mm-hmm. um, 
or, or people say, uh, that's just dealing with things that they got this burning in their chest, this uh, uh, heavy breathing, mm-hmm. and it's not a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And it's anxiety that has built up within your body. And so that's what, um, that's the struggle, right? To really have people um, acknowledge their pain, acknowledge mm-hmm. what they're going through. And once you acknowledge that, then you can seek help from it. Yeah. And, and looking at the life of Jesus, Jesus wasn't afraid to acknowledge his pain. Mm-mm. Right? Like like I said, no, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, yo, I'm filled with agony. Mm-hmm. And he said, yo, I, I can, the, the message Bible suggests, he said, I can die right now. Yeah. Because of how much pain he was feeling emotionally, Not, nothing had happened to him at this point, right? Yep. No physical mm-hmm. things had happened to him, but because of what he was feeling emotionally and mentally, he said, "I feel as if um, it's over." Mm-hmm. What he does, but what we see him doing is praying, mm. talking to God. And the Bible said, after he finished praying in the garden, we are sending me then. God sent angels to strengthen him. And that's what we need. Mm-hmm. We just need some angels to come and give us some strength. But we got to speak it to ourselves. I am healed. I am healed. I am healed. Mm. That's a good affirmation. Because mm-hmm. mm. that speaking that as an affirmation gets us to attaining our peace because at the because uh, th- that's what we want we mm-hmm. want to have peace from these thoughts peace from these feelings and and we have to you know there's work to get to being i am healed and and this is and this is part of it right um so in in this point we talk or you talk, <laughs> we will talk, uh, about kind of being chastised. And I'm going to put this out here again. Pastor, you're going to have to teach us more about this Hebrew and Greek language because you keep bringing it up. I feel like we should have a class on it, but that's just me. Um, and how the Hebrew word for chastise means to the correction, <clears throat> excuse me, um, to correct by inflicting mm-hmm. um, from a parent on a child for their good. Right. Um, which, as a child that was chastised, <laughs> uh, understanding it now as an adult makes a lot more sense. Right. Now there's obviously, like, it has to be done in an appropriate way and timely, um, but knowing that there was I endured that pain as a consequence of my actions in a safe place in a loving environment. Now I know as an adult like like there's consequences for my actions. I didn't like the consequences, so um I made different decisions so I didn't have to deal with that part. Um but then looking at Jesus, he just I'm sure a lot of people can associate with the fact that just like you showed up, he showed up and he got beat. Right. There are probably many people that you've talked to, people who are listening, um, who have, you know, maybe they walked into the home <laughs> and whomever was there was upset and, you know, took that out on, on them. Right. That's not, nothing. You didn't do anything for it. You didn't say anything. You were just there. And, I can only imagine, I don't want to imagine, but I could, like, that feeling of, almost like, I can't do anything right. Like, I didn't, I didn't even, I didn't deserve this. God, why me? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but I think to kind of your points that you were getting to is like, it doesn't always have to happen to us for us to learn either. And you talk about how you, you stole. <laughs> You're a thief. <laughs> yes, you know, the, the Bible says and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And so in order for me to be healed, I must get my peace. Mm-hmm. Jesus have already restored. Re, he's already gained it for us. But we have to retrieve it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. People say often, no, I'm protecting my peace. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and this is what Jesus in this text, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. So he endured chastisement, which is. Um, a whooping. Mm hmm. Right. Uh, a beating. Mm hmm. And and as like I said in the Hebrew, it suggests that this is not so much as a punishment, but it is something given to mm -hmm. give a lesson of not to go back to that mm -hmm. problem or issue again, which Jesus did no wrong. Um, and, and so this chastisement, um, I use the illustration of, again, a uh, young boy. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and my cousin and I, we decided to have a stealing competition. Oh, it was a competition. It was a competition. Like, we would go in the store and get a brown paper bag. Time you walk in, just pick up a paper bag mm -hmm. and just walk around the store and fill it up and then walk back out. Hmm. Like, we were stealing, stealing. Mm -hmm. uh, it's in the summertime, so, you know, uh, you know, mom didn't have much money. And so we get home. I'm sharing the candy and stuff with my brother, and, and um, my mom began to ask where you get all this stuff from, and I woo the woo, and my brother had a slick mouth, mm. and so he didn't tell on me, but because he had a slick mouth, he took the beating mm. or whipping, and so because of his chastisement, mm -hmm. I had the opportunity to enjoy my peace. Mm. And he was able to take on something. Uh, he was able to take on a chastisement for something he did not do for the sake of my peace. Ooh, Don't make me shout in here. That's over. You, you feel? <laughs> you feel? He took the pain. Mm -hmm. Where I enjoyed the peace, mm -hmm. and that's similar to the life of the Christian. Those of who believe in Jesus Christ, he took the pain. So that we can enjoy the peace. Mm -hmm. And because of his pain, we now have peace. The chastisement of peace was upon him, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we, we we're able to enjoy this life of peace and freedom because of the pain of the Savior. Mm -hmm. So that's 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 that. Um, and that's that's our um, our peace, and mm -hmm. our peace comes from his his chastisement. Even though we are wrong, even though we've gone against God's will, we can still have peace mm -hmm. because of Jesus Christ. Yeah, mm, that was, yeah, because that peace is what that's what we need. That's what we seek. That's what, yeah. That's what we need to be seeking, and uh, people trying to find peace in drugs and mm -hmm. alcohol, and trying to find peace in the club, or uh, trying to find peace in in relationships mm -hmm. and in sexual immorality and things like that, where they think this moment would give you peace, and it may in that moment, mm -hmm. but we need everlasting peace. Yeah, uh, we need the peace that surpasses all understanding, mm -hmm. as Paul talks about. We need that type of peace that is going to keep us um, in spite of. And peace is not the absence of trouble. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. the ability to endure in the midst of trouble. Ooh. Uh, you know, um, I think it was a term, I don't know if people still use it, that I'm unbothered. No matter what you do, it, it I'm unbothered. It, mm -hmm. No, no matter what you say, I'm unbothered. No matter what's going on in my life, I'm unbothered by it mm -hmm. because I have this level of peace that continues to encourage me in the midst of my pain, my struggle, my hurt. I'm healed. Mm -hmm. I'm healed. Right, even in the midst of these seems unbearable circumstances i am unbothered mm -hmm. because i have this level of peace mm. yeah and so and with that feeling of unbothered and, and peace it's it's where our healing comes and we have to accept it which i thought was an interesting statement of accepting healing right 
because to me, immediately the opposite is like rejecting. Like why? And some people do. They do reject the healing because it's more pleasurable to be in pain. It's more pleasurable to complain. Um, maybe they're getting more attention being in pain. And so the accepting of the healing is, I think, is all the culmination of, you know, re-acknowledging that that there's that there's pain, as well as acknowledging that there's peace. Um, and and two, like with the healing, because it's not this healing isn't just a uh, what's the what's the word? It's not it's not singular in the sense of like mm-hmm. I'm just gonna be healed in this one space. I'm gonna be healed across um, across my life, and I think with spirituality also, we do try to put things in a box. Right. Um, we you know relation or just anything Spartan life. Spirituality is in a box. My relationship is in a box. My job is in a box. But like none of them touch each other. None of them flow into each other. Try to keep them separate. And maybe that's a defense mechanism of if I can just keep this contained here, then it won't impact all the other things. But knowing full well that this healing has to happen across all of these boxes mm-hmm. um, because I can't be well in one and sick in the other. Right. I have to be well um, throughout everything. Yeah, so, so the prophet declares that by his stripes we are healed mm-hmm. not we shall be are not not we get one healing at a time we are healed mm-hmm. and so this is an affirmation um but this is not um hopefully i'm not sounding as those who would say name it and claim it call it in the hall of gab it and grab it reach it and get it uh i'm saying we are healed that i'm speaking to my life that even though when circumstances that come and wound me, mm-hmm. I don't not I do not allow the wound to pull me away from who God is. Mm. <clears throat> I am healed. I'm I'm delivered. Um, I'm I'm healed because by His stripes we mm-hmm. are we are healed and 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 the gruesomeness and of the torture of a convicted criminal mm-hmm. by the romans was a horrible sight to see um they used whips with glass and sharp objects attached to it mm-hmm. um and when they would beat scourge or torture their victims they will rip skin from their body Mm. sometimes people would die just from that before they ever get to the cross um it, it would tear skin it would rip the body and jesus went through all of this he took our pain he bore it he he took it upon himself and by his stripes by his pain by his hurt by what he went through this woman romans um execution style torture everything he went through was so that we can testify i am healed mm-hmm. now when we look at this we're speaking to um the spiritual healing from sin because sin is a sickness and 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 what the prophet is allowing us to know that by Jesus being tortured and crucified for us, we will be healed from this sin sickness that separates us from God. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but we also know that sin affects us physically, mm-hmm. mentally, and spiritually. And since that's the case, we need to ensure that the healing that Jesus gives affects us physically, hmm. mentally, mm-hmm. and spiritually. And so once we are intentional about testifying to ourselves, yeah, I am healed because of what Jesus went through. 
that we may be healed, but we also have some scars. Mm-hmm. Amen. We also have some scars. Jesus endured the cross. He endured the pain of the torture and the whips and the mashing of the crown on his head and the blood comes streaming down. We see the piercing of the side with the spear. He goes through all of this and Jesus is resurrected from the grave after dying on the cross. He visited the disciples and Jesus resurrected body still has scars. Mm. Right. And initially looking at this, I'm like, yo, Jesus, why would your resurrected body have scars? Mm-hmm. Right. It's like uh, uh, Clark Clint Kent. Is that his name? Clark Kent, I think, mm-hmm. dies as Clark Kent, but then he wakes up as Superman, mm-hmm. but he has the scars of Clark Kent. Mm. You don't want your superhero having scars mm-hmm. because that means they can be hurt. But Jesus decides, even though I've been tortured, crucified, died on the cross, after resurrection, he comes back with his scars mm-hmm. because his scars were were a testimony was devil. You tried, but it didn't work. Yeah, I'm trying my best not to preach it. <laughs> and so Jesus shows up in the upper room to the disciples that he goes beyond closed and locked doors mm-hmm. without unlocking nor opening the door so he enters the room he enters the room and 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 he shows himself to the disciples thomas is not there mm-hmm. thomas says yo the other disciples run to him say thomas hey jesus came like he said he would he met us in the upper room he came behind closed doors then locked doors without ever opening or unlocking the door he showed up to us and Thomas said, I won't believe until I can touch his hands and his side. Mm-hmm. Jesus shows up again with these scars mm-hmm. as a testimony. I made it. Mm-hmm. As a testimony, it's me. They didn't come back with this resurrected superhuman hu- uh, mutant type body. He comes back with the same body the same scars and when thomas sees the scars he cries out my lord and my god Mm. jesus said thomas you believe because you have seen but there's coming others who would never see but yet they will believe Mm. i'm talking about us Mm -hmm. that we never seen the scars but we still believe that the scars are the antidote to our sicknesses Mm -hmm. and by his stripes we are healed then i give this illustration of my aunt uh, my aunt who um at my mom's wedding you know she had this look from afar looked like a bruise or 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 hickey and i said auntie uh, i said auntie uh, at least auntie I ain't gonna be correct here I'm just saying what I call it. as an auntie um, why did you let your husband put a hickey on your chest like that mm-hmm. and she she looked at me and she laughed she said nephew it's not a hickey it's, it's where my port was mm. because my aunt is a two time survivor from breast cancer mm. Mm-hmm. And, and and my aunt, she's one that's close to my mom, and they've always done everything together. And I remember uh, coming back from, I think, Iraq the second time, and I saw my aunt with no hair. Mm-hmm. And the cancer was on her at that time. But then while she was standing there, she had hair on her head. Mm-hmm. And, and, and she had a smile on her face mm. because her scar was her testimony mm. that I almost gave up. But it's evidence that I'm still here. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and, and so her scar mm. was proving to us all that, yes, I had cancer, but cancer never had me. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, she she the second time she had cancer, they told her she'll be on chemo for the rest of her life or mm-hmm. that she had this incurable cancer, but then she went to another doctor that that went through and, and changed everything mm-hmm. because of the power of God. And I remember it was on the f- my installation service, I believe, or was it the first anniversary, one or two, and that's all I was hearing, that we prayed over her mm-hmm. and God delivered mm-hmm. by his stripes. We are healed. And that's not to say we will not have scars ourselves mm-hmm. because Jesus even had scars on his resurrected body. So in order for us to be healed, we have to have wounds. Mm. <sighs> yeah, in order for us to heal, we have we have to have wounds. And, and these wounds will come no matter who we are, no matter what we go through, no matter what we endure, no matter how much achievement we may have, we're going to have some wounds. And once we overcome these wounds, they will leave scars. And your scars are your testimony to other people that's dealing with depression. Yes, I was there, but God, he, he, he healed me. Anxiety, yes, I experienced it. I go through it even now. But God, I'm, I'm testifying today. I'm healed from that. Yes, I even may be schizophrenic or mm-hmm. suffer from bipolar. Um, but, but I am healed mm. from these wounds uh, that I'm going through because of the grace of God. And that's the message that I was just trying to give to the people, I am healed. Mm. You may have scars, but you're still healed. Still healed. That's all I got, CT. That's all you got? Yeah. Well, unless you got any other questions. No, no, I don't have any other questions. Uh, um, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Pastor, for joining us today. Um, continue to follow MTZ Overflow and follow mtzlife.com for sermons and, and updates. Uh, but until then, have a wonderful day and stay marvelous, fabulous, and blessed. Peace. Peace.